Miller. On this episode of Tiger Turf Talk, we host Mr. Phil Marr, Territory Manager for eLandscape Specialty Services based out of Annapolis, Maryland. This is such a great podcast. Phil's a good friend of mine. We used to work for the Pittsburgh Steelers together. And he just gave some great insight on sort of his experience, uh, even with him at such a young age, at the age of 23, of how he found his love in sports turf and through hard work and through making connections with the right people and using those connections to make the next step the next step to where he has now found a newfound love in landscaping uh, where he is currently heading the maintenance department of e-landscaping. He's truly showing our kids the importance of what is important in your life and to pursue something that makes you happy and really just embrace what life has for you and what you can do with it and truly knowing Phil and where he started uh, in Pittsburgh like you said it was his first uh, internship at a high level um, and how he grew to the point where he is now where he is pretty much running the show when it comes to everything maintenance for this company uh, discussing all the different aspects and all the different groupings of different types of jobs and working to develop more and more through business management, turf care, lawn care, hardscapes, and all these different aspects. It is just incredible to see how much he's grown and how far he's come. Uh, And really just a really great guy. Uh, We can't thank him enough. And it was such a fantastic episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Tiger Turf Talk. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the 28th episode of Tiger Turf Talk. Today, we have a really good friend of mine, uh, Mr. Phil Marr, the territory manager for eSpecialty Landscape Services. How are you doing today, bud? Good, Drew. How are you? Oh, you know, uh, another day, another day hoping that we're back to normal sooner rather than later, but... (laughs) I hear you. Uh, so we actually met because we used to be co-workers for the Pittsburgh Steelers back in, it was it 2016? Uh, sounds about right, yeah. You were there a couple more summers than me, so you probably got mixed up. Yeah, but, they all blend together. <laughs> um, what I was curious about, because you actually came in like, a, I think it was like a month into the summer at that point, right? I believe um, so, yeah. What was it that sort of brought you to sports turf and how did you sort of pursue that when you were starting off in college? Yeah. So I kind of stumbled upon sports turf. I didn't really know it existed. I mean, I knew it existed. I didn't know really how to get into the industry. You know, I've grown up a big sports fan. Obviously the first thing you notice, you go to a major league baseball game, the field, right? Um, so I knew it existed. Um, I had always had an interest in the landscape side of things. My dad was always big working around the house. Um, you know, I, I was, uh, I liked the physical labor aspect to it. I, I was just always kind of helping out around the house, doing landscaping. So I had an interest in it, uh, from a, from being a small, you know, a little kid. Um, and then as I graduated high school, I really had no idea what I wanted to do, man. Um, you know, school, I like school. I enjoyed school. Um, you know, I made good grades, uh, but I, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't know if college was right for me. I didn't know what direction to go. Um, I had a couple of friends go 
construction union, things of that sort, um, which I had interest in. Um, but I went to visit a couple of schools just for the heck of it. Um, saw Pitt, uh, Pittsburgh downtown, um, saw Penn State. And uh, again, I went to Pitt, didn't have a dang clue what I wanted to do. Didn't really want to go to college in the city. And uh, I went to Penn State and uh, just looked at a list of while I was on the tour, looked at a list of, uh, you know, programs that they had to offer. And, and my mom actually came across one and said, look at this one, turf grass science. So we went to, I mean, I went to a couple like ag ones while we were there that day, just to hear people talk. And uh, I think Diane, um, the dean of the program was speaking that day and uh, I was hooked from the, the presentation. So obviously Penn State as a whole uh, pulled me in right away. Um, I was sold on the school. I only applied to one college, man. Um, that was it. I put in one application. I it just, you know, said we're going to send it, see what happens. And uh, thankfully I got in. That's where my journey began. Um, it was, uh, I guess it was the summer after my freshman year, I ended up at the Steelers. I had taken a small uh, job through a career fair up there with a smaller landscape company back home. Uh, things just didn't work out there. And uh, I'd actually had planned to come home for a semester um, and do a semester at a Penn State branch closer to home my sophomore year. And uh, I wanted to do an internship paired with that since I'd be living at home, thought I'd have more time, you know. Uh, so I had I wanted to get into the sports field industry at that point in time. So I had tried calling around, sending around my resume a little bit, didn't really know how to get in touch with those guys. Um, I had a, a cousin, my mom's cousin was an independent contractor, did some work um, for the Steelers at the time. And I had done kind of like a little job shadow for a project freshman year with him. And, uh, you know, he had a relationship with Chris just from doing small jobs uh, contract wise through him. And he said, you know, why don't I put you in touch with him? Um, just see what happens. At the same time, I had been working with, uh, the Beaver Stadium guys up at Penn State. And we can talk about all that later if you want. Um, but they kind of had a direct in with uh, Chris as well. So um, it was just right time, right place. Uh, I actually called Chris like on a on a Friday and was like, hey, man, I know. Uh, are you looking for guys for the fall? We set it up that I was going to work there all fall. And then when things went south in the summer at the landscape company, um, I had called him. And I think an intern had just left. Um, Nolan had just left. I think you had been there maybe a month before that. And uh, he's like, yeah, man, we need help. So uh, I went down there and the next day I ended up starting work, I think. So that's, that's kind of how I got in. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember uh, him talking about how you had a landscape job and I, and that it was, it was perfect timing because Nolan was supposed to come in and I know no, Nolan had been there two years already with Billy. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then I was getting pulled left and right with the pirates. So it really was perfect timing with all of that. Um, mm -hmm. And something I, this isn't part of what we had, but uh, the networking that you sort of what you were talking about in there, having uh, knowing someone that knew someone, could you sort of speak to how, like, with that, how that changed sort of the the pathway of what you were hoping for and how it sort of impacted even up until this point in your career, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think networking is probably one of the biggest parts of this industry, any industry, um, just in life in general. I think it's all about who you know. Um, you should never be afraid to be out there by yourself. The more people you know, the more connections, the more people you can rely on, the, the better off you are in life, just in general, but especially. Uh, in this industry, um, it's a small, tight network. Um, I think a lot of guys, you know, know each other, know kind of the processes that they go through on a day-to-day -day basis, how they do things. Um, you know, there's a lot of 
not politics, but, you know, I guess in a way politics, um, you know, between all the guys. So uh, it's a tight knit group. Um, I think there's a lot of good connections there. Um, a lot of people have worked, you know, via somebody else somewhere along the line. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a history between all of them. So that be, having a network, um, you know, is huge and, and can help helped me in a lot of ways. It still is to this day. Absolutely. And I, I it was funny because I, I thought about it when you were talking, it was uh, Jay came in that later that summer with the same sort of connection, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Um, before moving on, could you sort of speak to the, the kids about what it's like to work on an NFL uh, grounds crew and sort of working with Chris and the boys and sort of your perspective on, again, uh, being there during the heart of the season and everything uh, taking effect in front of you and learning sort of on that job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's super cool. I mean, I loved it. I loved all four maybe four or five years. I don't know how long I was there. Um, you know, I, I had a flexible schedule, which was good with those. Uh, they were flexible with me as far as my schedule went, you know, still being in school, working summers, holidays, game days, weekends, all that stuff. Um, there's a lot that goes in that not a lot of people know about. Um, that's something I enjoyed. Um, I was like seeing something go from point A to point B, you know, in terms of the field, uh, things like that. Um, you know, a lot of football fans turn on the TV at 1 p.m. on Sunday, watch the game and turn it off. And they don't see, you know, the the other seven days a week that go into making that happen. Um, you know, not just the field guys, all the other people in the stadium, the TV networks, the coaches, you know, there's a lot of moving parts, uh, especially when you get to, you know, the highest, most elite level of, of the National Football League. So uh, really cool. Um, you know, I enjoyed the industry. Um, I also enjoyed sports just growing up so to be that close and up front with it was was awesome um i learned a ton uh that's you know where 99 percent of my experience came from right off the bat um you know i've been able to work for a lot of people along the way that have all taught uh you know very beneficial stuff but uh you know working with chris working i actually worked for mr billy you know me and chris worked for billy but uh you know it it, it was awesome i couldn't ask for any more the first day there um, you know, I didn't know a dang thing about, about turf science, but I was willing to work hard. And, uh, I just said, what do you want me to do? And just was ready to learn right off the bat. Um, you know, Chris couldn't have been any better. I, first day there, I hopped on a sprayer. Billy was like, Hey man, can you drive straight? And I said, yep. Thanks. So he said, push this button and let her go. So here I was, I don't know, 18 years old, just hopped on a sprayer at the South side one day. Um, you know, but as far as experience goes, they were always very hands-on, let everybody, um, you know, have a part in what we did. Um, very, you know, explained all everything we did, why we did it. Um, you know, I learned a ton from those guys and I had a great time doing it. They're still some of my best friends, um, you know, from work and, and just in life in general. Um, you know, I couldn't have asked for much more. It set me up for a great career and, you know, I, I couldn't ask for much more um that sounds great uh as a recent graduate of penn state's turf program could you explain what the program's like and how it could help benefit our students that would be looking to go to penn state or another turf program like that yeah man absolutely um there's a lot of good turf programs out there being biased penn state i think has got the best one um they say yelp for success it's world renowned um the professors up there are like none other um, and not just that the like I said 
touched on from before the networking. Um, you know, the, you're in good hands up there. Just about everybody, um, you know, can find an internship right away. Um, I think that, you know, in during college um, and then the job success rate out of there is like no other um, as a college in general, let alone the turf program. Um, you know, that we have a very successful two year degree. Um, associate's degree that a lot of kids go through uh, the world campus um, and then the four-year bachelor's degree whether you come from a branch campus or at the main campus um, I started at a branch campus I started small I took all my um, my gen eds and whatnot and then I kind of ran out of stuff to take there uh, so they sent me up to the main campus and, and that's where it all happens um, the turf research center um, and then the job opportunities up there as well, you know, working with the Beaver Stadium guys um, to take care of all the, the stadiums and fields at Penn State. Um, even the baseball guys worked with Matt Neary for four years up there. Um, you know, as far as the classes go, such a wide range. It really, really sets you up for success. Um, they're doing a great job. Uh, you know, when you start at 235, turf 235 with Dr. McNade all the way through. Uh, geez, I don't even know what the, some of the last classes are. Um, you know, they all have a couple different levels, but, um, you know, from irrigation classes to soil classes to um, just the whole range uh, of turf uh, nutrient management, all those guys, um, there's a lot of excellent opportunities up there. Um, it's a school like, you know, no other. If you enjoy a uh, big atmosphere, um, you know, I was a big time sports guy having, you know, football games and stuff like that. Um, being able to work. I worked a little bit on the grounds crew up there um for a couple different guys for herb for matt neary um just try to get as much experience as i could but uh you know i really enjoyed it i would recommend it to, to any one of you guys um you know i don't i'm not gonna sit here and tell you you need a degree to to get through the rest of life but it, it gives you a huge upper hand when you get out there to look for a job just having that piece of paper and and it's more than just a piece of paper you really uh you really earn it there and uh there's a lot of great opportunity Absolutely. And I, I love how you guys have just specific to turf. You know what I mean? Like, at, at, yeah. And don't get me wrong. I love Virginia Tech and I'm a hokey ride or die. But there, the pathology that I took was for everything. You guys took turf pathology. You know, I think that that lends a big upper hand to other turf managers when you talk about going after jobs and being having that knowledge more based in the turf side. Obviously, we worked with different professors but again i think that's awesome about your guys program um with your, your career and sort of where you're at now with landscaping how did your degree help prepare you obviously you worked on a, a bunch of different uh parts of the grounds crew whether it was with the spikes or with beaver stadium um where where have you used sort of your degree to get to where you are now with uh e-landscaping yeah, sure. Um, I kind of took a, a change in career path. You could say that it's still within the industry, but it's really a big jump from landscape, uh, what I'm doing now to turf management. Um, you know, I don't I don't know if I decided one day that I was I wanted to make the jump or how it all panned out. Um, you know, when I graduated college, I had applied for a wide range of jobs, turf management jobs, uh, parks and rec landscape. Uh, you know, I kind of set my range from you know, the DC area all the way back to Pittsburgh and, you know, just see what's out there. And that's part of the, you know, the importance of having a degree is being able to have versatility and things of that nature. Um, you know, Penn state touching back on your last question, as far as like supporting classes go just to turf as well. Um, 
you know, Chris told me one thing when I got there and it kind of stuck with me. He's like, when people find out that you know about the grass, they're going to want to know everything else about, you know, being outside their house, landscape, trees, shrubs, the whole deal. So learn as much as you can. Um, you know, so some of the agronomy classes and horticulture and all that, uh, that were supporting the turf were a big help too. And, you know, I never thought I'd be identifying trees and shrubs this morning, but here I am. Um, so having that, that degree and that wide range and that versatility certainly helped. Um, you know, I applied for a job down here, uh, in the Maryland area, like down, um, pretty close to Annapolis, um, found a small, uh, smaller company um family owned uh place i love now um it just kind of worked out it was uh you know right out, i was actually still in college so i graduated with a job um had a you know a few months to finish out school knowing i had a job going into graduation um i knew it was going to be a change of pace it was a, an interesting opportunity i nobody had had this uh, job position prior to me so it was kind of open-ended um i saw a lot of potential in the company um, a lot of room to grow, um, just good people right off the bat. And, uh, you know, it was just something new to try. And, uh, you know, I walked in and I think even throughout my first year, you know, I definitely missed the, the turf management and the sports aspect of things. Um, but I learned to, to love what I'm doing now, um, especially the people I work with. And, uh, you know, the rest has been history. I just passed something going on two years already and it's flying. So. Um, what has been your like whole journey through the industry and how do you think that you like found yourself in Maryland um, not doing anything like not as closely related to turf grass as you would think if you get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it was, it's interesting. Um, I guess I started, you know, when I made the decision to go to Penn state um, my freshman year, when I was at Penn state Altoona, um, we had, I had been at a, something, I guess, via one of our ag classes, uh, had a guest speaker, um, was a guy who worked at, he was the, um, head groundskeeper over at the Altoona Curb Stadium, single, uh, double A affiliate of the Pittsburgh Pirates. So it was like walking distance from the campus and I, I didn't have anything better to do in Altoona really. So, um, I was looking for just something, something to do, something career related. Um, I went over one night and, uh, McLean Murphy, was the uh, groundskeeper over there. Um, super good guy. He was a young guy in the industry. He was from down south up here, um, hunting his, uh, one of his first couple jobs. Um, he said, hey, man, you know, uh, can't pay you. Right now we got a full staff, but any night you want to come, job shadow, help the crew out kind of deal, be my guest. You know, we can get you a food voucher, get up there and get a, a burger while you work or something. Um, but it's just, it's just experience. And, uh, I took it and ran with it. It was something fun to do. That's how I got like right into baseball, right into the, that was my first glimpse of turf management. Um, and I loved it. I loved every bit of it. And then, uh, as I was working there, uh, I had been transferred up to the main campus up at, uh, university park about a half hour away. And, um, I kind of used those guys as a reference. I kind of just used each person I worked for as a reference and just built and built and built all the way up to where I was today. So um, I had called uh, Herb and the guys up at the Beaver Stadium grounds crew and said, hey, man, you know, I'm at a, a satellite campus uh, 30 minutes away. I'm interested in work for you guys. Are you looking for any help? Um, they were as they are every semester. Um, I ran up and did an interview with Herb and uh, back to the connections thing. Um, I had actually played baseball for a guy in high school just through American Legion on the side um, who 
happened to be, and I didn't even know at the time, a Toro rep. Um, and that was Herb's Toro rep for the Beaver Stadium grounds crew. And uh, when I found that out, I put him on a reference. You know, it was a, it was just a Toro rep. Uh, it was Mark Dargay. He, um, he called Herb and uh, said, hey, I coached Phil a long time ago. Uh, good kid. Get him in there. Um, and right away, Herb said, let's just do it over the phone. Um, I already got, I already, you know, got your backstory and all that. So that was just using somebody I had known. I had had McLean who I worked for a little bit now tuna on there. And then I just you know, started working for Herb. I added him to the resume, um, had a great experience up there. Uh, I think I worked there for maybe a semester or two, um, at Beaver stadium, their, their crew covers everything from football field, uh, soccer field, IM field, softball, um, lacrosse, the whole most of the bulk of the campus. Um, so I worked with those guys for a while. And then uh, that's kind of where we started the show where I had made the jump down to Pittsburgh. I'd used those first three, four guys, put them on a resume, got in touch through Beaver Stadium uh, with Chris at the Steelers. Um, ended up being there for, I think initially I had planned to maybe try the Steelers and maybe try the Pirates, maybe try golf, something like that. And I never wanted to leave once I got to Pittsburgh. Um, so then I used all those guys. I had then since uh, switched over to working at the baseball stadium while uh, in school. So I started working for Matt Neary at State's College Spikes. Uh, stadium's on campus, but baseball's their own, uh, you know, affiliate. Uh, they have their own crew over there. So I worked for Matt for, I think, the last three years of college. Um, you know, one of the best guys I ever worked for. Again, similar to Chris, learned a ton there. Um, it was a nice change of pace, baseball to football. Um, and then uh, – yeah, at the, at the end of the day, I graduated with a degree from, you know, one of the best turf schools in the world. Um, I had a ton of references. I made a, a note, met a ton of people along the way, aside from all those guys. Um, and then, uh, you know, when I applied for the job at eLandscape, uh, I had a, I thought I had a pretty polished resume. And, uh, you know, I got the job right away. It worked out great. Polished would be. An understatement, probably. <laughs> you find a place yeah. to work, so. I don't know. Yeah. No, for sure. And I, with all, I love how you keep bringing up how everybody sort of, again, it grew to the point where you are today. Um, something I want to sort of tie into with that. Um, again, when we were, were working for Chris and Billy and Andy and all those guys, um, I think the biggest thing that we had was just, it was a really good group of guys you know and we all we all knew each other well and we again like camaraderie and everything that sort of sort of developed over time and again people were like added in even nolan was sort of like an add-on because he was there and then he left and then he came back um could you sort of speak to how the sort of chemistry between a crew even where you're working now is crucial sort of to the success and the development of a business slash grounds crew yeah, it's it's crucial and it's everything, man. Um, Doctor McNitt told us like the first day of turf, he's like, "You're gonna learn all about all about grass and all this good stuff." But when you get a job someday, ninety ninety five percent of what you do is gonna be people. The other five is gonna be the industry and the, and the actual science behind it. And boy, were they right. Um, from every job I've worked at, you know, com you know the, the camaraderie between the crew is, is definitely important. Um, you know, in anything you do, um, you know, especially when you're in the, the line of physical labor, stuff like that too, just, you know, helping each other out. Um, 
you know, and just having fun while you're at work. Um, you know, it's, it was a smart group of guys. A lot of people knew what they were doing that you could have trust in. I think being a, being a boss, um, you know, like Chris and having people he could trust it, it a lot of satellite places that we maintained um, was a huge thing. Uh, like when I worked with Matt, we had built a good enough relationship up there that in the fall, I mean, I was a college kid, a junior in college, and he would just take a week's vacation in the fall, you know, and I would run, help him run the stadium um, with the guys uh, where I'm working now more than ever. Um, you know, team, the teamwork is, is essential. The, uh, we have, I think, maybe 15 people in the office now, and uh, everybody wears a million different hats, but everybody relies on everybody. And, and if someone down the line doesn't do their job or doesn't communicate, um, you know, things can things can derail kind of fast. Um, but luckily, uh, you know, we have a great group of people at eLandscape where I work now. Um, that's probably my favorite thing about the job. It's easy to work with people. It just makes sure. Can you hear me? I think my headphone's dead. Give me one second. We can still hear you if you. How about that? Yeah, we can still hear you. All right. Sorry about that. No, you're good. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's a huge part of it. And and you just gotta like going to work, man. It's it's the bulk of your day. You wake up, you go to work, you eat, sleep, work. Um, you know, hopefully have some free time to enjoy. Uh you know, when the day is over, but, uh, you got to like what you do and, and, and we do, it's easy to work hard for the people that are there in the office each day and, and it goes full circle. So it's huge. Absolutely. So the last time you and I talked, uh, I think I called you, but you were working on installing lights in a neighborhood, uh, outside of Annapolis. And I, I, with the small company, and again, you're talking about 15 people, what are the different services that you are providing and working with your clients uh, in the greater Baltimore area? Yeah, I don't know what I was doing installing lights, but uh, I think I was working on a an outdoor lighting proposal or something of that. Um, it was something along the lines with that. Yeah, probably. You were so, driving around a neighborhood like, yeah, there's one over here, one over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, essentially my position is... Um, I manage the maintenance division um, of the company. We kind of have two sides. The bulk of our, our business, probably 90% of our business has always been construction, landscape construction, um, which is new install at either a renovated place or a new building. Um, and then we have a maintenance team who's always been in place, um, just hasn't really been uh, grown to the, you know, to the size of the construction side. So they hired a new position. Um, to run the maintenance division. And I kind of just started from scratch. We had some existing clients. We had an existing team in place, um, very small scale. Um, and then, you know, they just kind of gave me the opportunity to run with it and see what we could do. So I've been, you know, over the past two years, just building a whole kind of new side of the business. Um, and it's been great. Uh, that's, that was something intriguing in the, in the job offer was, uh, just the openness, uh, you know, no, no cap on what the, uh, you know, the job detail was or, or how big we could grow the division, things like that. So it's been, it's been a lot of groundwork to get it up and running. This is kind of my first clean year. Um, you know, aside from everything that happened last year and all that, um, you know, we're on a good path January one this year to kind of see where things go. Um, 
So day to day, I manage those guys. We all wear a lot of hats there. Um, as far as services I offer in my division, um, just your routine landscape maintenance, um, your mowing, your edging, uh, your weeding, pruning, uh, your fertilizers, mulching, spring and fall cleanup, irrigation service of the, of the system if they got one, um, you know, annuals. And then uh, the cool thing is I get to do a lot of enhancements as well. That's a that's a big part of my revenue. So we do things on a small scale, a smaller scale than than install uh, will do. But, you know, a little small retaining wall here, a planting enhancement, uh, some outdoor lighting, things like that. The, uh, you know, in our name, it, we're eLandscape Specialty Solutions. So we'll we'll try to say yes to just about anything we can do. Um, it's it makes us competitive, uh, which is good. So. You know, well, I've done, I think the first year I worked there, I did just about something different every single day, which is good. It keeps change of scenery, change of pace. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's been, it's been going great. Yeah. You, you sent me a snap today uh, with uh, sort of all your uh, tools heading out prepping. Um, so th this is the first year of like the full on maintenance division and you're, you're heading it. No, so we've uh, we've had a maintenance division in place for I don't know a, couple, a lot of years, I guess, um, but just very small scale. Whether it was um, you know some of our existing client, we had a small portfolio open with a couple different clients. Uh, whether it was residential or some pro bono stuff, we try to stick to all commercial work. Um, but we never had really. I think when I got there, we we had about 40, 40 some clients. Um, which was, which is a good amount for commercial. It wasn't a ton of revenue. Um, we had a small crew in place, maybe six or seven guys um, maintaining all those properties. Um, but we really, really made a, a structure to the division. Um, now had kind of a face for it. Um, someone to answer to clients and, and help with, um, you know, scale the business. So I have a lead foreman who's um, great with all the day-to-day -day stuff with all the guys. And then I can take the pressure off of him from, you know, the computer work, the estimating, the bidding, um, things like that, the, the customer relations and, uh, you know, customer service side of things, the sales side of things. Um, that's kind of more of the, the tasks that I took on. Um, so we did, we have had the division in place for a little while, not at this scale. Um, we're in a good, uh, a much better place now, I think. Um, last year, right off the bat, things kind of really got jumbled. And, and last year, we just tried to stay afloat, man. Um, so finally this year, um, you know, budgets, the budget's in place. The uh, clients are in place. Um, kind of weeding out some of the, not the bad ones, but um, trying to find some better contracts to work with. Um, you know, like I, you just mentioned, I had the capacity now to get uh, some new mowers and things added to the fleet, the tools we need. Um, you know, we're all about trying to be efficient as we're at all of our stops. Um, you know, and part of that is having the right equipment, the right guys, the right crew structure. Um, you know, it really comes down to the end of the day. Um, you know, what's their contract price? What are you getting out of it? Are you efficient when you're there? Are you making, do you have profits? Um, is the client happy? Do you have to spend a little more um, to pull the client in? There, there's a lot of things involved in, you know, in that side and the relationship with, with the client. So um, we're finally, we're finally, I feel like in a pretty good place this year, a place where now we can expand and scale the business versus just kind of survive with the people we had, the tools we had, the guys we had. So. Um, we're ready to roll for 2021. 
that's good to hear that the business is becoming more successful. Um, could you please discuss your favorite part of the job and what you focus on in the company? I know you already touched on it, but could you maybe go like farther into detail? Yeah. Uh, my favorite thing is uh, probably just the change of pace. Uh, I do. I always said I never wanted to have a desk job. I watched my dad work at his desk for the past 30, 30 some years. And I'm like, man, I don't know how you do it. It's beautiful outside. I always wanted to work outside, um, be hands on physical labor. Um, you know, and I kind of sided away from that as I left the turf industry. Um, the turf was a ton of hands on labor and don't get me wrong. I loved it. Um, it was a lot of hours, um, you know, and I didn't mind it as being, you know, in college and all that. And, um, you know, I kind of looked at it as uh, it was more of a lifestyle choice almost for me, kind of having not a, more of like a nine to five type job versus, you know, sporadically working, you know, all the time. Um, so I enjoy like having structure, I guess, to my day. That's just how I operate. Um, you know, I'm say nine to five, I'm, now I have my hours are like, I don't know, anywhere from six to three, four, something like that. Um, you know, I like the the different aspects of the job. Like I said, I, I'm not chained to a desk all the time. I have, um, you know, my fair share of computer work to do. And then, uh, you know, I'm out in the field a lot, you know, managing, helping the guys, um, meeting with clients, meeting people. I'm a people person. I just love uh, meeting new people, having a relationship with them doing business with people, um, you know, and there's a lot of, it's, there's a lot of change of pace. You know, some days I could be out there helping the guys lay out plants for an enhancement. Some days I could be selling a contract to somebody. Um, some days I could be at the office with everybody. Um, you know, I do something different just about every day. So I think that's what I enjoy the most, the people, um, for sure, uh, the change of pace and just kind of having the opportunity to, to grow a, a business, um, you know, in my own way with the support of everybody else in the company. Um, that's what I enjoy. Absolutely. That's, and that's great. Uh, with, with everything sort of what you were going into, um, with your work, um, what I'm curious about is with everything, again, what you've learned through the industry and everything, how are you certain, like you talked about management, how are you managing your crew to be more efficient? What are you implementing sort of as the, the, the leader of the group um, to ensure the efficiency stays high, especially when you get into those later months of the summer where it gets really hot, August and whatnot, um, leading into another big part of, again, with, if you're doing uh, fall cleanup, spring cleanup, whatever, leading into those longer days even more, what is it that you're making sure that they're doing to stay efficient? And I, I don't know if that's the right wording for it, but uh, sure. just the, the leadership style that you think has worked best for you uh, there. Yeah. I think it's, it's real important that you set the guys up for success. Um, you know, it definitely helps that I was in the field at one point, I was one of those guys working, running the shovel, you know, running the mower, things like that. You know, everybody's got to come from somewhere. And I knew one day that, you know, part of going to college to get a degree and all that stuff was to be in more of a management role. Um, and honestly, the bulk of the things that I learned that I do throughout my day um, don't even relate to some of the things that, you know, maybe I learned along the way. I've had to learn a lot of new things um, from a management perspective. Um, like I said, it's it's dealing with people 90 percent of the day, um, you know, with your your background to support it, um, you know, stuff to make the decisions on 
what fertilizer am I going to use, you know, things like that, which is where you fold back on, on everything you learned. Um, but as far as being efficient goes, yeah, you got to make sure your guys are set up for success um, and, and have a good game plan for them. You know, a lot of the guys we work with are nothing more than laborers. Um, you know, you hope that you have a foreman who's a critical thinker um, that can solve problems along the way. But um, at the end of the day, you know, they're showing up to a job and doing what they're told, um, you know, happily and, and then moving on to the next one. Um, and it, there's not much more thinking to them. So you kind of have to set them up for, for success, making sure there's communication along the lines, um, making sure they have the right equipment making sure their routes are efficient. Um, you know, our territory is so big. Uh, we stretch from, you know, north of Baltimore and Towson to I think we were going all the way down to Prince Frederick in Maryland, east of Annapolis and west out to Shane, uh, Centerville, Virginia at one point. So, I mean, it's probably like a 300-mile territory or something like that. So, um, a lot of ground to cover. Centerville? Yeah, yeah. Whoa, <laughs> what are you doing down here? Yeah, and uh, one of our construction jobs led to that. Okay, so, gotcha, uh, gotcha. you know, we try to, we obviously want to be, um, you know, closer to home, closer to the shop, cut down on the windshield time, things like that. Um, you know, when the guys get in in the morning, um, all the way to their first stop, you know, they're on the, they're on the clock and that, that those hours got to get built somewhere. So, uh, you know, trying to get them in and out the door, make sure they're ready for the day, um, making a route that makes sense for them. It's tough sometimes because you may have one outlier, like, you know, when we were going out to Centerville, we had to hit people back in Tyson's Virginia and back into DC just to, to kind of make it make sense. Um, you know, and those are things we have to evaluate as we go through our contracts and our clients. Does it make sense to bid this one? Um, you know, do we have the, the time and, and the money built into being able to, to service this one properly? Um, you know, I think in the past we had been scrambling all over the place and, and trying to, to get to all these places that, you know, maybe we weren't giving them the full service. They, they deserve just because it was a, a crunch for time. Um, but now, you know, with having a route in place and uh, for all these guys, I think this year I'll, I'll have uh, three or four mowing crews and, a, and an enhancement crew, um, you know, to do odds and ends throughout the year. So, um, you know, right now we're mulching. Uh, I think we're spreading like 16, 17,000 bags of mulch this spring, something like that. I forget. We did the math the other day. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, you, you got to manage, uh, you know, crews uh, as far as like is the foreman there that day? Did everybody show up to work? How many guys you got? Um, you know, the weather. Today's a rain day. We didn't get a dang thing done today, um, you know, and, and trying to get an idea at the beginning of the year, um, you know, how many hours you're going to need to complete this, you know, your spring cleanups and mulching, um, things like that. So it, it's it's good. It's tough to manage at first, but now I got a lot of good data um, after the first couple of years that I can rely back on. I kind of have an idea in my head now. I have stuff on paper and in our system that uh, that helps me along the way with that. Um, but yeah, you know, just communicating with the guys. It takes a lot of groundwork um, to get out there and, and show them the sites, make sure they understand, you know, if you send your foreman an hour away and, and just say mulch the place, you know, you're you, you, what are you getting out of that? You know, you got to communicate with them. That's a big part of it. And uh, I think we do a, a pretty good job of that right now. So just trying to, to set them up for success, I say, would, would be the biggest part of that. Absolutely. Um, 
and you sort of discussed this a little bit already, and I, I actually looked at the website of the company and everything. A big chunk of the company is, again, that construction uh, and even hardscape. Um, could you sort of discuss the different uh, projects that you've seen, uh, you've been a part of, and how large a scale it is? Because some of them were phenomenal, but it had to be a lot of time. I mean, probably a week to construct and the materials are, uh, and it gets very expensive and it is probably the right word for it. Uh, could you sort of speak to those kind of experiences with, that you've had with them? Yeah, for sure. Um, we've done a lot of cool jobs, man. Uh, we're on a lot of neat ones right now. We'll do anything, uh, you know, in dollar amounts, um, you know, just for, uh, to try to scale it like a, a smaller, you know, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar job. Maybe it's just some plantings, uh, some sod, things of that sort. And right now, um, you know, we're on a one point seven million dollar job uh, that's going to take the better half of the summer into the fall. Um, so we'll run all kind of jobs like that. Each scope's different. Each scope works different. We have a lot of relationships with different builders in the area. Um, the great thing about this area is there will never be a shortage for work. I've never seen anything like it, you know, coming from up North Pittsburgh is kind of an older town, a little landlocked. Um, but they're just tearing something down and building something new every day down here, whether it's DC with the surrounding areas. Um, so there's a ton of work, um, you know, kind of how the process goes is, uh, you know, we're, we're a landscape contractor. There's a general contractor on the building. Um, you know, they're hiring their plumbers, their electricians, you know, their landscapers the whole way through. Um, you know, we'll get a set of drawings from a landscape architect and uh, be invited to bid a project. We have an estimating department. They'll go through, um, you know, and Spencer, our lead estimator, he'll, he'll bid a project for two, three years, um, you know, just as they work out the kinks as they, um, they go through revisions, things like that. And, you know, landscape architect presents a scope of work to us and, uh, we'll say, here's our number. Here's what we can do that. What we can do the job for, um, you know, and that's the, that's the first start of that. Um, you know, once we win the work, those guys are great. They're always bringing in new work. We're booked all the way through, you know, like 2022 for the most part, um, as far as revenue goes and, and kind of job outlook goes, um, you know, we're always bringing in new jobs. So then it kind of, once we get the contract done, it kind of then turns over to production, um, pre-construction. Um, you know, they're all, you know, Courtney's in our pre-construction. She's setting up our project managers uh, for success for the job, what they need. Um, there's a lot of purchasing that goes on, plant purchasing. You know, some of these jobs have hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of plants at them. Um, you know, it's plant material. It's pavers, uh, we're so many specialty items. It's site furnishings, it's gas grills, it's fire pits, it's uh, some lighting, it's astroturf, it's seed sod, uh, landscape plants, hardscape, um, you know, block walls, timber walls, the whole, the whole deal, courtyards, rooftops, um, you know, craning something with a 200 ton crane to a rooftop in DC, shutting down a street in DC for the day. There's, a lot that goes in uh, to that process, which is neat, um, you know, and everybody wears a lot of different hats. I've been able to be on a lot of those projects um, from my end of things, you know, as the job's about to close out, um, I'm getting ready to go in and then, you know, bid the maintenance contract for those places. So our, our install crew, our INS guys will go in and, you know, they'll do a job for the whole summer. And then once we get towards substantial completion of the job, I'll come in 
provide the new management team with a proposal to maintain the place moving forward um, and try to win that work. You know, then I then I go in against a couple other competitors and try to put a number to it as well. Um, you know, that's probably my biggest gateway, uh, you know, entry into another client is is having the install work. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of moving parts. Um, we've done a lot of cool jobs, a lot of proud work um, that we've accomplished. You can see it on, on the website. We need to get some of them updated. Uh, we've done some some amazing jobs since. So there, there's a lot that goes into it, and uh, it, it's cool. It's something different every day. Yeah, and some of the work, and if that's old, your work's impressive. I mean, it's insane. And I love – I love how you explained how deep it really goes. Like you're talking three years out, you know, um, something to go along with that. Um, you were just, you hit the head on the nail on the head or whatever it is, hammer, whatever. I can't talk. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Northern Virginia, Maryland, the DC area is just ever changing. And with all this opportunity and everything that goes into it, you're talking about, you have a job for 1.7 million right now. What is the decision-making process for that, for you guys? What, and you were talking a little bit about it. I was like, is this worth it with traveling and all that? What is the decision-making process on say there's a job near, near home base and whatnot? What do you guys trying to expect what is it that you're trying to determine in order to actually take that job or take the time effort energy of three years to win a bid of something like say like an entryway to a new skyscraper or something what what is your decision making process and i'm sure there's so many different people in the room for that um but if you could sort of give us a little insight on how the company makes that decision yeah, man, we'll try to take just about all the work we can get. Um, you know, we're trying to book things through throughout this still the end of this year, but we're already booked for the bulk of 2021. We like the jobs close to home. Um, I think our estimators can be a little more competitive with a uh, from price standpoint when, you know, you got a job closer to home versus far away. Um, we just finished a job down in Richmond, Virginia um, at Everly Short Pump Mall. Um, you know, it's pretty built in. The guys are down there for a month or two um you know living in a hotel for the week things like that and stuff um getting materials and whatnot shipped down there having the project managers make the trip down there um you know those those are a challenge but you know if the price is right if we can use the work um we're going after it aggressively um you know i think as far it's it's not so much choosing uh choosing the work we can get you know maybe we'd steer away from something if it's a little out of our realm or or you know i don't know or if it's just too too far away we've done work in pa delaware maryland virginia um dc you know we're pretty big territory so we'll go just we'll go after just about anything sort of going off of that um with the maintenance and you were sort of talking to the fact afterwards uh how do you specifically with maintenance say it's not on a job site that you're you constructed what is your sort of approach to that um and maybe if you and you've talked about the bidding and everything if you could sort of discuss how you create the bid to Mm -hmm. be somewhat um competitive with the people that you're facing up against in the bidding process yeah, for sure. It's it's tough because um, we're still on a smaller scale. 
to where some of the other big competitors in the area, um, you know, your Brave Hughes, your Ruperts, um, your Level Greens that are that are maintenance driven companies. Some of them, um, you know, they they triple, you know, more than triple our, our revenue each year. They can come in and, and kind of low, you know. They can, they can get a client for cheaper than I can up front because they can absorb the cost and into such, you know, so those are all things to think of. Um, as far as when I'm bidding a site, you know, my favorite are, like I said, our construction contracts, because not only do we have their, the initial relationship, but I also have the measurements of the site, right? We, our estimators did the takeoff, they bid it, we know to the square inch, how much mulch is there turf. So I have real data to work off of when I go, on a cold call to somewhere. Um, I just bid a couple, I just locked in a new client in Columbia, um, two properties, uh, just, you know, with an existing uh, portfolio management company, but two brand new sites. Um, you know, I go out and I take a look at them myself. Normally there's a property manager, somebody that wants to walk with you. Normally they're trying to get two or three bids so they can price shop and try to see, you know, what's the best bang for their buck. Um, it always helps to have a relationship back to the networking thing. Um, I had, you know, this is a great example. I had just gotten two new sites. We had already had a portfolio open with them, had been doing a good job. An opportunity came up where um, they wanted an enhancement done. I showed up for the enhancement and I said, hey, can I bid your maintenance contract while I'm here? And I said, yeah, we're actually looking for somebody. So, you know, I walked the site. I take a look at what we're dealing with. I try to get some measurements. We have a cool software that we use from almost like a good worth uh, system where you know, we can measure out plant beds, measure out turf areas, kind of get an idea of square footages. Um, and then we use a, a contracting system uh, on our computer that, that helps uh, estimate all that. So part of wearing a lot of hats at the company, I'll do everything from, from sales to estimating to production, uh, which is cool. It keeps things interesting. So, you know, I'll take all that data. I'll take it back to our system and uh, you know, I'll normally review it with, with uh, James, our VP, or, or Eric, our president, or somebody, and just go through my numbers. Um, we try to make sense out of where it's at. Um, and it's essentially material and labor in what I'm doing. Um, you know, the bulk of my division is labor. It's a labor-intensive, maintenance is labor-intensive versus construction's a lot more material-intensive. So, you know, my big labor costs is, is mulch, and it's, uh, you know, just fertilizers, some annuals, things like that, equipment costs. Um, so we take all that into effect um, and into account, um, you know, and I try to put a number towards it. We kind of have an idea when you see the site after doing so many ads, yeah, a $20,000 job, that one's probably, you know, uh, you can kind of get a gauge over the past couple of years of, of what it is, but then you want to be competitive with your numbers. So, you know, if you can make something work at a price point that is going to work for the client, um, you know, sometimes you get negotiations, sometimes you don't even get any feedback sometimes you get a lot of great feedback and they'll want to work with you um you know there's all kind of different clients out there um you know we like the feedback i'm, I'm trying to nail down my price points so that i can be competitive on more of these on more of these bids now and, and i think we're having more success in doing so um you know after i got all the groundwork going to the point where i can now scale the business now i'm really getting into the sales side of things uh this year which has been good um so yeah all those things go into effect. I think, uh, you know, we obviously start with the mowing. Some places don't even have mowing. We just have rooftops in DC with just mulching plants. Um, so, you know, back to the services I mentioned in the beginning that we offer, we touch on all those things. We'll kind of customize it however they want. Some people want two fertilizers. Some people want four applications. Um, some people want, you know, a weeding every week. Some people want to touch up mulching in the fall. 
another thing that makes us competitive, uh, having, you know, the customer relations, customer service side of things, kind of customizing, you know, their contract to, to what the, what the client wants, what makes sense for us, uh, putting hours to it, putting a budget to it, and then just going from there and trying to keep that in place over a span of a couple of years. Um, to expand on talking about the clients, um, how have you, how has your personal experience been when dealing with them and how have you met their standards and like, what do you do if you aren't able to meet their standards or they don't like your work? Yeah, it happens. Um, you get all kind of, all kind of clients, all kind of people out there. Um, I like to think that the better portion of mine are great, are, are great people to work with. Um, you know, that's something I enjoy meeting new people, having those relationships and, and just, you know, it's in when you're in the service industry and in any type of service, the client's always first, right? Um, they're paying, they're the paying customer. What can you do to meet their needs? So you try to, you try to meet their needs. Sometimes maybe they're unrealistic um, and you do your best. And, and sometimes, you know, you just come up short to whether it's their expectations, whether it wasn't, you know, a realistic uh, expectation, th things like that happen. Um, you know, a big thing that happens to in this in kind of the property management industry is people are always changing and moving on to jobs. Um, you know, you'll have a place for two, three years and have a great outstanding relationship with the manager and then they take a new job and uh, someone comes new and they want to start over. They want a new company in there and things like that happen um, that are unexpected. So, you know, you rely on having those relationships as you're trying to build, uh, you know, expectations revenue wise for the following year, things like that. Um, but you, you'll have that where, you know, somebody moves on, um, you know, we like to think that we do a great job at all of our properties. And, and I don't think we've ever lost a property just based off of bad service. Um, you know, you hope that that never happens you know, blips happen out there in the field, you're going to have adversity that you kind of have to adapt to, um, you know, take some extra steps, spend a little extra money, spend a little extra time to get things right. Um, like I said, at the end of the day, they're the client and, and you want to give them the best product at the end of the day so that you can retain it. It's all about retainage in the end and having that relationship. Um, so yeah, that's what I would say in terms of that is, uh, you know, it happens. Uh, you'll lose somebody here and there. You try to, to gain more than you lose, but uh, you know we're trying to to uh, you know build on some better contracts as of late. Things that make sense. Expand on portfolios. That's your that's your advantage, really, in this industry is who you know. Um, and a lot of our work comes from uh, reoccurring uh, reoccurring builders, reoccurring property managers, things like that. So sort of going into, you were discussing how you use uh, a sort of software for bidding and stuff like that. Um, and not just in like, and I'm not saying it's office work, but what have you seen in your time, some technological advancements that you've been able to implement in your business? Um, maybe, maybe it's some type of mowers, things that have changed over time, like attachment on mowers. I know Toro just came out with a, a mulching, uh, I get a pro mulch or something where it has a dump on the front of say a grandstand. What, mm -hmm. what kind of technological advancements have you been able to use in the field, whether, or the bidding, uh, software, stuff like that. What is it? E, e landscape has been able to use, uh, to, better optimize their work 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, stuff's always changing. Everybody's trying to one it, one up each other in the technology world across all platforms. Um, you know, in the turf world, I think more in the turf world, you have more specialized equipment for what you're doing. Um, so you know, you'll see a lot of advancements on the machines. Um, a lot of guys are old school. A lot of guys are all about the new stuff and analytics. Um, it's all kind of personal preference in terms of. What we do, um, you know, I brought in some new mowers today. I mean, I'm sure they're just they're just advancing over time. Um, you know, we're we're trying to have the the best equipment we can. Um, you know, when the company was started 13 years ago, I'm sure things have looked a lot different as far as our fleet, uh, our trucks, things like that. Our processes as a huge part of it. Um, just you know how we go day to day about what we do. Uh, you know, at the shop, uh, out in the field, things like that. Um, that's always advancing. Um, you know, and I guess specialized something specialized for my division. I'm looking at like, uh, you know, back to the efficiency thing, uh, like a ride on aerator with a built on seed box, things like that. Um, you know, you're doing two guys job at the speed of one, or maybe even faster than one, you know, you're going from, somebody with a walk behind aerator and somebody with walk behind spreader to one guy on a, a hydraulic run, you know, self-propelled aerator with a seed hopper filling right behind it. Things like that um, can help speed up, you know, productivity um, and back to having the right equipment and stuff, um, you know, trying to do when you have sites that are real far away, one big thing we're focusing on this year um, in terms of being efficient or, or trying to get, as much work as done as you can while you're on site in one mobilization. So if you're, you know, if you're mobilizing to mow, you know, can you weed, can you edge, can you put out a fert all together um, and kind of bundle that versus making the one hour trip three, four different times to do all four of those services, you know, two hour drive times four guys in the truck, that's eight hours you're paying guys just in windshield time. Um, so your average crew, you know, at your average crew wage, your labor rates going way up. So, um, you know, if we can use a piece of equipment that's going to that's going to expedite that, um, you know, we're all about it. Could you explain what a normal day of your work lo would look like? Yeah, I uh, I try to set I'm at the point now where I can kind of work with my schedule, set things up uh, at the beginning of the week or the end of the previous week. I'll kind of get a outline of what I need to get done for the week. Um when you're out running around to all the sites like I am uh, running enhancements or helping people out here or there, um, things can sneak up on you quick deadlines or, or stuff you need to get done at your desk and sneak up on you. So I try to structure it where, uh, you know, I'll always look at the weather for the week. Um, you know, today's a good example. We had a big rain day today, like a couple inches of rain. Um, and I knew that going into the week. So I just kind of set Wednesday aside for a day where I can, you know, get a lot of stuff done at my desk the weather kind of sucks where, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to bang some things out of my desk. Um, you know, so I'll try to, I'll try to lay my week out like that. Um, you know, meetings are a big thing that you got to work around. You know, when can the property managers meet if they need to meet with you? Um, you try to work around them as well and build your schedule. So I'm a real schedule oriented guy. So I think a lot of, a lot of my day, a lot of my week is built off of that. Um, I'm a morning person too. And I like to, you know, get as much stuff done early in the morning as I can. Um, so, you know, I can like do podcasts with Drew in the afternoon, things like that. Anyway, the, uh, you know, a normal day, man, uh, I'm at my desk in the morning doing, you know, we'll 
start off with payroll. Um, we all, like I said, wear a lot of hats. So I'll do everything from payroll and timesheets in the morning for the guys, um, getting them set up from a production standpoint, getting them dispatched to the right place for the day. Um, you know, then maybe I'll work on some sales, uh, some estimating, things like that at my desk until um, like mid morning. Then I'll head out there to the site, whether I have to help the guys with enhancement, um, you know, go try to get some info for a bid, uh, meet with a client, things like that. I'll kind of let those go into the, the latter part of the day. Um, but it's it's tough to nail down what I do every day because it, it's so different. Um, and that's that's what I love about the job. Awesome. Uh, and we can do podcasts whenever you want, Phil. No problem. <laughs> um, you, you were talking about how the company's around 13 years old and from what once was to is now, like, again, you're talking those mowers you showed me this morning. I was, I was excited to see it, you know, um, what is the company's future hopes? Uh, are you looking to build, like, obviously they brought you in, for a specific purpose and you've delivered on that and you're developing even more and more with the maintenance side. Um, so obviously that's sort of a goal that they have. Is there anything past that? Are you looking to start a whole lawn care division uh, on top of the maintenance? Is there hopes to do different things where installs become just a regular contract throughout all of it? Anything along those lines, what, do you know of any hopes for the business moving forward? Again, it's a family-owned business. It's growing. You have $1.7 million contracts. What is the future hold for eLandscape? Yeah, the future is the future's bright, man. It's exciting. That was one of the things that got me here. Uh, being a small-owned family business, uh, our president, Eric Jenner, fantastic guy. He scaled the business himself from his garage to a multi-million dollar uh, you know, company in the DC area and uh, hats off to him. Uh, an awesome guy to work for, you know, goes full circle. We just, we just love it's, it's easy to work hard for the people who appreciate you. Um, like I said, it goes full circle. So in terms of, you know, you know, we've scaled, he scaled the company to this point. Um, we're continuing to grow every year. Uh, we took a big leap last year and took on a lot more work. Um, Within the company itself, you know, we're sticking to the maintenance, we're sticking to the install. Um, this year, for example, we're starting to do a little more in-house irrigation work, um, things like that. Those are things we can we can build on. Um, you know, we're maybe one day we'll have a fully functioning irrigation division versus subcontracting it out to somebody else. Um, you know, it saves us time and money in some aspects. Um, you know, there. Right now, we're just in the beginning phases of that. I think the past couple months, we've we've took on a few irrigation projects. So that's something we see growing. Um, you know, obviously, I'm trying to grow my division to be to uh, complement, you know, the maintenance, uh, the install division. Um, the good thing about maintenance is it's kind of predicted revenue um, and it's it's monthly revenue that you can rely on. You know, when you have a, a 12 month contract, uh, Say you got $12,000 contract divided by your 12 months of the year, you know, you can rely on that $1,000 a month, um, you know, in terms of revenue. So, you know, our accounting people, they love that, um, knowing that we have that money, that cash flow. Um, you know, it's tough when you get on some of these big jobs. Uh, a lot of them, you know, that they're all done in phases where, you know, once the, you know, the plants get installed, then we can bill for that. It's progress billing. So, um, it gets tricky, you know, then the GC will hold money and retainage, things like that. Um, so it's, it's, 
you know, you're relying on that for your revenue, but you know, in terms of maintenance, you know, you're getting that money and you know, you're bringing back that customer base, um, you know, with install, you're relying on winning a bid, um, you know, and, and continuously winning bids. Um, so, you know, we're, we're definitely trying to grow the maintenance division. Um, you know, I see it taking off. We're in the very early stages of that, and it's a great opportunity. Um, you know, in terms of the company, we're just going to keep on, keep on keeping on. And, uh, you know, we started at a couple, a uh, couple hundred thousand dollars. Now we're multi-million, you know, who knows where we go from here. So it's a, it's a good group of people. The best thing is we're all young, man. Um, the bulk of the people there, I think I'm the youngest one at, at 23, but, um, you know, the bulk of the people, 20, 30, you know, early forties, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of young people in powerful positions that, uh, have an opportunity to grow for a lot of years to come. Switching it up from the company's future. Um, what are your future aspirations and personal goals in your career? Yeah. Um, I don't know, right. You know, right now, I guess my goals, couple of years ago were probably a lot different than they are now as far as where I saw myself. Um, I kind of, you kind of just take what life gives you, how you end up here, um, you know, just see what happens. I just kind of see what happens day to day. It's, it's hard to really plan for. Things can change in the blink of an eye. Um, you know, I want to set myself up successfully um, and have a stable job, have stability, financial stability, um, you know, and try to be, you know, tenured at a, at a company as long as I can, you know, I, I, I see myself, I could work here for the rest of my life if I wanted to, which is a great thing to say. Some people may not be able to say that, um, you know, but if, if something comes up and, and, you know, it's meant for me to take another road, then, then it's, it may happen, but, uh, you know, it's hard to predict. I love the spot I'm in right now. Um, you know, I'm always, I'm always, uh, you know, trying to, trying to plan for the future, but, you know, we're still so, I'm still so young that uh, it's tough to, it's tough to really know where we're going, but uh, I have a great, a great future, hopefully at E-Landscape, and uh, that's what I'm planning on for right now. Schedule, we got to work on the scheduling, right? Um, with that, um, you are a very young person. You're younger than me, which I thought we were yeah. close. To, I thought we were close to the same age, at least. I feel old. Thanks for that. Um, can you speak to, again, the kids that are on this call are high schoolers who are, are a lot of them are interested in uh, the industry. Could you sort of speak to the opportunity there is if they're interested in landscaping and sort of what they could possibly enter, say, working for an e-landscape um, in the future? Yeah, absolutely. And I would tell all you guys that, that this right here is an example of, a, of just a great opportunity for all of you. You know, I wish I would have had a, a turf program in high school. Um, I loved, you know, the wood shops, the, uh, the classes, the hands-on classes that, you know, that was where my interest was. So I would have loved something like turf. Um, you know, the fact that the more people we can get interested in this industry, the better. Um, it's a great industry to be in. It's always going to be here um that's that's a huge thing you know um it's going to be here forever I think you all have a great opportunity um to really just have a, a very broad um range of what you can do you know I, I know so many guys that went to Penn State have a turf degree but do a million different things I'm working at a landscape company someone's working at Heinz Field someone's selling 
fertilizer, someone's selling equipment, um, you know, guys are researchers. There's just, there's no really limit to what you can do, um, you know, with a background in agriculture, uh, essentially. So I, you know, maybe, you know, you take this, this class and, uh, you love it and you want to take a, a similar path to kind of what I did all the power to you. Um, maybe you want to take a complete change of pace. I mean, I think it's like 80% of kids now in college change their major, which is nuts to me. Um, you know, putting all that work and switching it up, but at the end of the day, it don't make sense for you. It doesn't make sense. And it's a lot of time and money and, and commitment. Um, you know, so like I said, I, I didn't know if I wanted to go into, you know, construction union, things like that. Um, you'll find, you'll kind of find your place, but always make sure you're doing what you love because it's important. Um, you know, you don't want to just go through the motions every day, you know, time's just taken away. So what's the point of, you know, wasting it on something where you're not happy, you know, don't be afraid to make the change. Don't be afraid to reach out and ask help. Like I said, back to the connections thing, there's a million people you can rely on. Um, you know, and you always want to just start building, you know, a good name, a good reputation for yourself. It starts with just working hard, um, you know, putting the effort forward. Um, you don't got to be the brightest kid in the room. Exhibit A, um, you know, the guys at Penn State will be the first one to tell you. Um, you know, I don't know if you've talked to Dr. McNate or not, but he he would always say, you know, Phil got a C on my last exam, but he's here talking to every single person he can find at STMA. STMA. And it was true. You know, I put my best effort forward to all my academics and I learned a ton, but uh, it was kind of the things that supplemented that that really helped. Um, and I think a big part of this industry is learning hands-on, which is great. You know, it's important to have the knowledge in the classroom behind why you're doing what you do, but you can get so much of that experience out there working. So I would encourage inter any internships, you can get any job shadowing, even if it's something like that. And it doesn't have to be at a, at a pristine place. You know, I went through college with so many of these kids and sorry, I keep dropping it. I went through college with so many of these guys that they wanted to work at, you know, the Oakmont country clubs, the Augusta nationals, the Heinz fields and Man, I worked with Matt Neary for four years at the State College Spikes, single A, small stadium, no budget, you know, things like that. And that's where I got my experience from. Um, you know, you learn so much. It's, it's such a wide range of where you can go, what you can do. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to take a, take a chance in something, um, you know, if you – if you got something in mind that you want to do, go after it. You're going to find that it might change along the way. This certainly isn't what I planned on, but, um, you know, here I am. I couldn't be any happier. So it's a great opportunity, and I would use, you know, Drew, and and I'm sure you've met a ton of people. You've heard a ton of people on here um, talk already. You know, use them as, as uh, resources. More times than not, people are looking for work rather than you looking for a job with them. Um, and everybody talks, everybody knows who needs somebody, you know, you may reach out to, to Matt Brown looking for work, but he'll tell you that Chris acting down the river needs help. Um, so you just never know where things are going to go. And, and the toughest thing to find in this industry is labor. I'll tell you that it, it's the hardest thing to find. And if you're willing to, to start somewhere and work up and not be, you know, too proud of, you know, what you're doing on the job site or what your title is or position is, you're going to make advances um, from there on up. So, you know, I start out with a shovel in my hand, you know, digging holes in, in the hot middle of the summer. And, and now I'm in a management role where, you know, I sit behind a desk in, in khakis and a polo most days of the week. So, um, 
it's a progression. It's it's may go quicker for some than other. Um, you know, there's a wide range of things you can do, but take it all in, find what you like and, and run with it and use, you know, use the people around you as resources. Cause at the end of the day, that's who's going to pull you through. We, we did have Dr. McNeil and he had nothing but nice things to say about you. Cause we did, we <laughs> talked about you. <laughs> he said, he said Nolan was kind of a kook, but you know, well, yeah, I, I heard yeah. Nolan's up with you, right? Not I brought Nolan down here. Yeah. He's, he's with these now. He's with the landscaping. Oh man, that's that's got to be crazy. Yeah, we um we're always looking for good people. Um, you know we're, we want to have you pick Nolan. We pick Nolan out of all <laughs> of them. Yeah, he's got a cool rule with us. Um, he's working. Uh, he again wears a lot of different hats. He's kind of helping with the uh, the end of the construction phase, the punch out phase, getting things turned over. We kind of had a weird period where we would go from finishing a job and closing out and getting paid to then turning it over turnkey to a maintenance company. So things would kind of, there'd be months during the growing season in there where there wouldn't be any attention to the site, whether it was irrigation, whether it was mowing, things like that would kind of get out of hand. So we're kind of bringing him in to help with that aspect of getting the job closed out, working on plant material warranties, things like that, but also using his knowledge just in the industry in all kinds of areas, whether it's production, uh, project management, uh, doing a lot of work with equipment and the trucks, that was kind of his thing, you know, Rather than the the turf that was grown, he was more excited about the machines we were using on it. So, you know, trying to just cater to those, um, you know, those strengths of people is what we do. So, you know, I think he's he's got a, a very new role as of like November. Um, we're working him in, and and you know, going to make something great out of everybody. Yeah, he he's like a sponge, honestly, and it's funny because yeah. it's it's crazy when I worked with him for the first time. I was like, "How do you know all this? You've been here like for a summer, and you like know everything." So, and yeah, he again, always. he's like a jackrabbit going all over the place. With I think he was in a field construction company, and then he was landscaping, and then he was back at Heinz, and he was I, I can't keep up with him. Great, great guy. Um, you were sort of discussing this and I love the, the, the fact that you guys hired him in the sense of like the, the punch out sort of the, the end of the line, making sure everything is set. Um, business management is a huge part of landscaping that I wouldn't say is like not part of the uh, sports turf or golf side of everything. What, what kind of, background did you have or has it been again like I said hands-on sort of learning all those different things what is it that you have been able to sort of develop on your own to put into your maintenance uh division of the company um when it comes to your business management practices yeah there's uh you know there's expectations to be met in every um every category of the industry you know when we were at when we were at Heinz Field, you know, you're meeting the expectations of, of the players, of the coaches, of the equipment staff, of the owner, all the way up, you know, all the way up to the, the owner is, you know, Mr. Rooney. So there's there's different expectations that need to be met on every job. Um, in terms of what they are, they change, obviously, by the job description. I'm now meeting the expectations of my clients, um, honoring my contracts and services that are that are built into there. Um, you know, I think in terms of business management, um, just making sure that you know you honor their their request. Um, you know, 
are upfront with them, honest with them, quick in response, um, client first all the time, um, things like that, that that make your customer, your customer service can really, really boost, um, you know, your, your division or your company. Um, that's a huge part of things, you know, and, and landscape, you're now meeting with general contractors, with property managers, with superintendents, with subcontractors. There's a lot of hands involved to get one of these jobs done from, you know, the day you win the bid and you're, you know, you got your first meeting with the, the GC on the job to then having the irrigation sub come in and working with them to then working with suppliers, um, you know, bringing in plant material and, and your supplies. There's a lot of, a lot of people that you got to work with, um, you know, a lot of deadlines to meet, um, a lot of expectations to meet, and you want to turn out a quality product at the end of the day. Um, you know, that's what, that's what we strive for. So that's what I would say. Um, just try to try to meet everybody's expectations, exceed everyone's expectations if you can, and, uh, you know, set your team up for success and, and turn out a quality product. Absolutely. Um, and sort of like you and Nolan are both jack of all trades. Again, you talked about all the different experience you've had. Um, and through that, obviously, you've learned so much that goes into your work. And again, going from sports turf and transitioning to landscaping. If there was something you could tell yourself when you first started from all of sort of your experiences that would have, not, I'm not saying it would have made it easier, but would have been nice to know in a sense, what would that one thing be and how would that sort of impact sort of how you have either conducted yourself, impacted your career in some way, shape or form? Yeah, sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I would have told myself. If we're talking just like specific rather than broad uh, picture, you know, a, a you can do both. Of, <laughs> you can do both. Yeah. A big part of what I do now is, you know, my, degree was very uh turf based now um i do a lot of plant-based things where i'm iding trees shrubs perennials things like that you know we kind of glimpsed on that in in this college of turf science uh, whether it was through like a landscape class or a supporting class uh, but it wasn't really the focus um the management practices kind of remain the same for anything living and growing so you can kind of make common sense out of it you know that the same things that apply for growing turf grass kind of apply for, you know, trees and shrubs, but I do wish I would have, and I'm, I've, it's taken a while to learn, but I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you half the plants I know out there now. I mean, there's just 10 million types of trees and shrubs in the world and everybody you go somewhere and everybody's going to ask you, what's this, what's that, what's this thing? Why isn't it living? So that's one thing, um, you know, I've had to learn on, you know, my own or with the help of the people at eLandscape. Um, it hasn't been too tough. It's not like a make or break deal, but uh, maybe I would have took another class or something like that in college, um, you know, but in, in, in the big picture, I don't know that I would have done anything different. Um, you know, I'm here for a reason that I ended up this way and, uh, you know, I could, I'm happy with where I'm at. So uh, a lot of great people along the way, a lot of good, a lot of good lessons learned and uh, you know, everything that has happened since, you know, the day I took the first step into the industry is, has got me to this point. So. Absolutely. And you and I had two different college experiences because I was the one walking around dealing with all the classes. There were multiple tree classes. It wasn't just 
right? Uh, all the forsythias and all the cambociparis and all the we won't go back to those days. <laughs> um, but I, I do love how you pointed out there's so much more to it, especially when it comes to landscaping wise, understanding specific aspects. And everybody does want to know, honestly. That's not never going to go away, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I would recommend too, like uh, just for your own good, like outside of work too, in college if or high school, whatever, if you can take like, uh, you know, we had to take some management classes and stuff. That's kind of, I've always kind of been good in that aspect with working with people and managing. But uh, like in terms of personal stuff too, like take some finance classes, um, you know, help yourself out. That's one thing that they don't teach enough of, at least, we didn't learn in school, you know, we were, we learned a lot about, you know, ancient, you know, history and all that <laughs> stuff, but no one ever told you how to file your taxes, right, in high school. Maybe, maybe they do it at your school, but uh, those things, too, are just beneficial. You're there, you're getting a degree, you need the credits, um, you know, a lot of the credits in a four-year degree don't necessarily uh, apply to turf management, which, you know, kind of always bugged me, you know, what am I taking this class for, I'm here for turf, but at the same time, if you have a school that offers a wide range of things, take advantage of it, take a personal finance class, you know, you know, learn work. So that when you show up to a job for the first day and they ask how much money you want to put aside for, um, you know, for your taxes or, you know, when you want to start up your 401k, you know what those things mean. Um, Cause you, it's a big jump from when you go from living in college into the real world. Um, you know, I'm trying to buy a house right now things like that they're just good to know when you're for when you're out there on your own so i would have i would have taken a little more of that too luckily like you know my dad always kept me in the loop on all that stuff so i, I felt prepared but uh yeah that's another thing i could recommend take a finance class take a management class if you think you're going to be in a position like me someday um and support it support you know just don't just stick right to your um you know your your topic or your direct major but try to support you know, the rest of your life with the, some of the courses you're taking or experiences you're getting out there. Absolutely. Uh, I, it was, I think it was, it was Matt Brown who told me, he was like, he got a double major at Ohio state in business mm -hmm. management. So he's like, if you can do something along the lines, uh, definitely do that. Cause when you schedule your classes, you can sort of set up with your uh, advisor saying, Hey, instead of doing all these electives with this, can I do with business and then work with the business people and say, Hey, my electives will count towards both. So, yeah. And I, I do, I do think Matt and what you're saying now is critical um, to understand as, as young kids who are entering college and entering the world, it is a huge, huge upside and sort of to that, the, State of Virginia uh, media education department, uh, Department of Education. I don't know. I'm speaking like that. Um, they, it's a graduation requirement to take a personal financing class now, which again yeah. I think is, it does wonders because in high school I was like, swipe, swipe, <laughs> swipe. Yeah. Wait, where did all my money go? You know, stuff like that. So again, that is huge, and I do appreciate you saying that. Um, we sort of wrap it up with the same kind of question and this isn't pertaining to just landscaping to horticulture turf agriculture whatever it is um just sort of anything with your that with our kids moving forward what would be your words of wisdom uh maybe it's carrying yourself a certain way understanding what the world has to offer uh could you just sort of speak to what you would say to them that would help prepare them for that next chapter in their life 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's a big jump from high school into the next phase of your life, whether it's whether it's college, whether it's a trade, whether it's a job right out of high school, whatever you're doing, an internship. Um, you know, and then from there, it's the next big jump into your first, you know, big time real job. Um, take it all in, meet as many people as you can, um, but always carry yourself with a, a good attitude and a, a good work ethic. You know, the last thing you want is a bad reputation because part of a tight network can really help you out, but it can really hurt you too. Um, you know, if you, if you want to mess around out there, um, but you know, the better reputation you carry just based on, on your work ethic, your, your willingness to learn, um, you know, to work with other people, um, it's going to go a long way. Um, that's something I always uh, try to focus on, you know, don't ever be too proud uh, of what, you know, uh, as well, you know, um, there's always something you can learn. Um, there's, you're always going to be able to take the next step and learn something new. You're never going to know it all. Um, and a lot of people that you're going to work for right off the bat have been there doing it a heck of a lot longer than you have. Um, so trust them, take their knowledge for what it's worth, um, carry it to the next phase of your life, whatever you're doing. Um, you know, you're going to, if you start small, uh, you know, work your way up. There's, there's no shame in that. Everybody's got to put forth the hard work up front, um, you know, and kind of find what you like to do, whether it's a, career choice, a lifestyle choice, kind of like I took, um, you know, feel the industry out, get to as many different areas of it as you can, um, you know, try to find somewhere that's, uh, that wants to work with you in those areas of, of giving you the experience um, of doing, you know, a multitude of things uh, while you're there on the job. Um, you know, if you put forth the effort now, it's going to pay off in the end. Um, you know, I've always been, a hands-on learner and I think the bulk of the industry can really be from getting out there and learning and doing it and seeing it um you know I had a lot of friends in college who would be sitting in class they'd be an a-plus student they'd be able to tell you every ingredient in primo and when to apply it but they never poured it in a sprayer and drove it out on the field you know what I mean um and those things are important you know you can know the whole science behind it but you know how do you how do you turn the boom on things like that just you know, try to get as much experience as you can. Um, experiences is just was always my biggest thing. And it's made me, I think, a well-rounded person. Um, it makes you competitive when you're fighting for a job. Um, you know, and it makes you a well-rounded person in the industry. Um, you know, and use your, use your network, use your connections, you know, use Drew, use anyone you've met on the show, use me if you'd like. Um, you know, everybody's willing to help another out, which is a great part of the industry. Um, like I said, people are always looking for work. I went down there to Heinz Field on my first day, you know, with my resume, all proud of it and everything, the couple jobs I'd had in high school. And I don't even think Chris looked at it. You know, he needed help. He saw a decent person in the 10, 15 minutes we spent down there. Um, I was willing to show up and, and work hard and they were willing to give me a go. So, you know, it doesn't have to be you know, your accolades, your resume. Sometimes people just want someone who's going to show up and work hard and you can take the next step. You know, I know people um, maybe who even, you know, not even finished out a, a degree, but, you know, they're, they're still I, – I, I I'm not going to push you to go to college or, or tell you it's the right thing. I think it certainly helped me and was an advantage. Um, could I have gotten here without it? Maybe. I don't know. Um, it, you know, it makes you um, – you know, it makes you more competitive in the world for sure, especially if you go and change professions. Um, and it, just the experience overall is, is great. Um, you know, that was kind of the last 
portion of my life was college. Um, and now I'm kind of just getting into, you know, everybody calls it the real world. I, I enjoy it more. Um, I don't have any homework tonight, you know, show up, I work and I was working all through school. You know, I, I had 15, 16 credits a semester would work 30, 40 hours a week if I could um, still try to have time to have fun and, and, and live the college life on top of that. And, uh, you know, we made it work and, and it paid off in the end. Um, so just try to do as much as you can always be pre proactive. Don't ever be afraid to ask for help. Um, you know, be a sponge. Like Drew mentioned earlier, the more you can soak in now, you know, the more marketable you are for the rest of the industry. Um, and the more it's going to help you in the future, but you got a great opportunity. I wish I would have had a high school turf class, man. Um, guys have gotten to talk to some of the best people in the business, um, you know, from all the podcasts I've seen at least listed. Um, those are, those are the people leading the charge and uh, they learn from the people ahead of them, you know? Um, so yeah, just, just taking as much as you can and, and uh, hopefully you find something you like, hopefully you stick with it. We need, more, more young people taking on this industry. I think it's starting to grow um, for sure. And, uh, you know, a lot of great schools out there offering uh, a lot of great classes, whether it's Penn State, whether it's Tech, whether it's, you know, anybody um, that offers turf or agriculture. You don't have to you don't have to go in with a degree or a plan to get a degree in something either and come out with the same you know, the same career path or, you know, you may think you're going for sports turf freshman year and by senior year, you got a job at a landscape company. So it's, it's a very versatile um, industry being just agriculture in general. Um, there's just a wide range of opportunity out there. Well, I, that speaks volumes to who you are, Phil, and we're getting to know you over the years and whatnot with, especially with Chris. And I think Chris did a pretty fantastic job of sort of, instilling that in all of us i know i know my thing with chris when we were first starting with him uh i i think the uh front office people would get mad because he would be out mowing lawns with us with push mower outside the building so again no jobs too big for who he was and again sort of emulating that and seeing your success and where you're at now is awesome and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to my kids and it's, it's been a, it's been a blast and a lot of, a lot of great, great educational pieces for my kids. So I can't thank you enough. Yeah, man. I appreciate you having me. Uh, it's been great. I listened to, you know, I listened, made sure I heard out what, what the Matt Browns and, and, <laughs> the and all them had to say before I got on here, but uh, uh, yeah, if I can, if I can do anything for you guys, let me know, you know how to get in touch with me. Um, you know, I'm young, but I still know – I know a lot of people out there that may just be able to help putting a word in. Like I said, everybody's looking for, for young, hungry people. So, if I can do anything for you or you guys, let me know. Um, be happy to help. And thanks for having me on. What do you guys say? Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you.